gold. Everybody. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Adult Adjacent Podcast. My name is Alex. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're talking about money. I'm talking cold, hard cash. That's right. That's right. Uh, I have my good friend Sierra on to talk about developing a productive money mindset. Since money is such a large part of the adult journey, I figured why not have a fellow millennial come on and help us improve our personal relationship with money. Uh, she dropped a lot of gems this episode, so be prepared to take some mental notes. Without further ado, let's get this show started. Welcome to the Adult Jason Podcast, everybody. Um, I got a special guest for you all today. Uh, this is somebody that really was instrumental in my college career, more than she probably thinks she knows. And so before we start, I'm going to give her a, a brief introduction, a formal introduction, at least. Uh, so this person is the founder of the Beauty of Wealth Financial page. Uh, they are philanthropists in their local community, uh, a fellow member of the 30 Plus Club, and a self-identified Black female addicted to retail. Welcome, Miss Sierra. <laughs> hello. Hello. How are you doing, ma'am? I am well. Um, you know, just trying to get our lives together. This COVID-19 took us all by surprise. So, COVID said, forget all of your plans. And it just got real disrespectful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Did you, did you lose any plans or any vacations you had planned due to COVID? Oh, that is still to be determined. My best friend is supposed to be getting married in August. Um, and it's in St. Lucia. So that is still up in, you know, the air. Um, we're trying to figure out, you know, what everything is, everything is going on. Should he postpone it or if they're going to continue with their plans to get married? So, he said first week in June, he'll make his final decision. So we'll see. Oh, so that's soon. That's like two weeks from now? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I hope that works out. Or maybe you can do it on Zoom like everything else, right? Or no, <laughs> right. Do uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly what he's planning on doing, but we'll see. Okay. Well, I wish you all the best with that. Uh, is the family being safe? Are you, you doing good during COVID? Are you staying safe? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe in social distancing. Um, I was already a germaphobe anyway, so and I am an ambivert, so staying inside for a little while does not bother me at all. So I'm living a life during social distancing. I feel that as an only child, you know, on some levels I'm thriving right now, but I'm starting to hit that point. Like, all right, it's been like almost two months. I'm, I need some more human interaction. And so it's getting kind of weird out here, but we're, we're trying to stay safe out here, I guess. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um... Okay, so every interview, we're probably going to start off with an icebreaker question. So here it is for you. Uh, and feel free to take a few moments to think through it because I know I gave you information, but you probably won't be ready for it anyway. So if you think back to your UNC Charlotte days, so 2008 to 12, 13-ish, whenever you graduated. Don't date uh, us. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we're, we're all ad maturing adults on this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> we're we're, we're for it. Uh, so as you think back to undergrad, uh, what's one song that you think would like really be the theme of like your college experience while you was at UNC Charlotte? 
That's a good one. I immediately said no hands because that was my answer. But that had nothing to do with the theme of college. That was just what I liked at the parties at the time. That, that, that's um, okay. We're, we're not here to judge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was before I met Jesus when I was twerking everywhere. Um, let me think about that. <laughs> you know what? It is something that's coming back around right now. Wipe me down. And Wipe me down, okay. Yes, it was so constant because, of course, you know, all the Catholics that was their anthem. But it was kind of like, again, like you were saying, it was our glow-up stages because we came in and we were just so impressionable freshman year. And we just wanted to be liked and we wanted to be like the upperclassmen. But by the end, you know, by the end of um, us graduating, we were those upperclassmen. So we had already, like, glowed up. So definitely wipe me down. Okay, okay. I support that. that you know, that's a timeless classic. Um I work on a college campus and I still hear that song quite often. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know if this really song like that. And just, I know, I know. like I'm, I just got on TikTok like three days ago and it's a white <laughs> me challenge or white me down challenge. It's a different song, but you can mix it up with that version of white me down. I'm like, you guys think y'all created this. You did not, not at all. LOL. COVID has had you on TikTok now, huh? That's, that's, that's where life yeah. is right now. Yeah. Well, it's good for <laughs> business too. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but I have a business coach and she um, really did suggest that we got on TikTok because that's where everyone is right now. So you got to go where people are. Okay. I, I, I haven't hit that point in quarantine of getting on TikTok. I don't think I will because I <laughs> just, I hear it's a lot of work to make those videos. And so I just leave it alone and kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, my qu- my song, when I thought about this, was uh, put on by Young Jeezy and uh, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about it, I'm not sure if you knew this, but I used to go to Winston-Salem State before I came to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did. Oh, okay. you, uh, so, yeah, you knew some of my friends from high school and they went to Winston. Yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Brittany and all those good people. Yeah. Um, and so that song reminds me of when I was at a homecoming party at Winston-Salem. Uh, and that was a good, those are good times. But also like when I think about the song, like put on for your city. And so like at UNC Charlotte, this is a very niche thing as I went to other schools, like Every event that we had, that was a black event at least. Like we always repped our area codes, right? Like I'm from that now one oh, and it's just like that's just what what we did. And so like going through college as somebody from Fayetteville, like um, it's not always like everybody from there doesn't always go to college. And so I felt like that like it was a fun part of that song that re- represent my experience, but also like uh, it's emblematic of just being able to make it through college and then also getting a master's degree. And so I would say that song really did it for me. Right. Right. Uh, well, wipe me down. Good times, man. <laughs> uh, Uncle Uncle Boozy is not doing good in the uh, social on social media right now, but no, Boozy just needs to go sit down somewhere. <laughs> needs to meditate during this uh, self isolation. Too much time on his hands, man. That's, yeah, that's what happens yeah. when you got. The, he's just. Uh, we're not gonna go down that road. Today. That's a different yeah, topic, okay. different episode. <laughs> uh, maybe if we, if I decide to do that, I'll bring you back and let you talk about Uncle Boozy. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I have things to say. Okay. Okay. Um, so to get us started, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you went to college, upbringing, anything you want to share to the people? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so Alex has um, alluded, I did go to UNC Charlotte. Um, we actually went together. Um, I grew up in a small town, Smithville, North Carolina. Um, it's about 30 minutes from Raleigh, North Carolina, which is our capital if you're even remotely familiar with that area. Um, so I started the city of wealth because I really saw a need 
for millennials to be educated about money. Um, most of the time, specifically black millennials, millennials that look like me, we aren't really taught about money and what you can do with money. Um, most of the time we're told, you know, you need to go to school, get a better job so you can pay your bills and that's it. But nobody tells us, you know, um, you're going to be sitting on a mountain of debt because of student loans. If you don't do it, um, you know, you don't go to school smarter. Um, nobody tells you that, you know, if you get a credit card and you just rack up all these charges on it, there's interest included in it. So I wanted to be able to teach our millennials and the ones coming, you know, um, generation, I think it's Y or Z, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, you know, money is cool. Money is not anything that you should fear. Um, money should, is just a tool. Money does what you tell it to do. Um, and I try to do that in a fun way um, where everybody can kind of understand it. So on our page, we incorporate, you know, 90s music, rap music, because that's all we're talking about, you know, money, cash rules, everything around me. Um, so we try to incorporate um, a lot of fun techniques on how we can um, better learn about money. Okay, that that's awesome. Uh, I will attest that, you know, us millennials, we're not doing a great job in the, in the money management department. But that's, you know, that's why we got you to help us on our journey to figure it all out. Yeah, uh, so but, you know, we, like I was saying, we can't really put all the blame on ourselves. And I don't even put the blame on our parents because they only teach us what they know, right? Um, and it's something that has been going on from generation to generation. But if we don't stop it, it will never stop. So we have to make sure before, you know, we have children or even if you do have children now, you can start today um, teaching these, teaching them the ideals that they need to ensure that they're not having this conversation 10, 15 years, um, you know, down the line. We're not still having the same conversation about not how knowing how to use money. That's, that's so true. So, like, why do you think we don't talk about money, I guess, like with our families? I think about growing up, like I, I didn't talk to my mom about money at all, uh, even when I had jobs or like when times were tough like she never talked about it she's like oh we just got it figured out like why do you think we don't talk about money at least in the black community um i think it's a combination of a bunch of different things um one i think people don't like people in their business so they don't want you to know whether they have money or not um or they don't have money but they definitely don't want you to know that they're having issues with money um not knowing really what to do with money um, you know, people joke all the time that parents used to put um, the light bill in their child's name. So when the child gets 18 and tries to uh, get a car or anything like that, they can't because their credit's already jacked up. People don't want nice. people to know those things because it's embarrassing. People, you know, like to put on front and airs. Um, our generation likes to look like we have it before we actually have it. Um, something that, again, mm. we see in our music and we um, see on movies. Um, it's just a product of what we have learned. Um, and then the other thing I think we just don't know, again, our parents can't teach us what they don't know if they don't educate themselves. So if they don't take the time to, you know, read the book or, you know, go to a financial advisor, they can only teach us so much. They can teach us what their parents taught them. And if their parents didn't teach them anything about money, for sure they can't teach us. So it's, uh, I hate to say it, use this term, but it's a sort of a cycle of ignorance, unfortunately, because we don't know. No, that's true. Uh, I, I agree with that. Like, you know, even when like there's a few times I've talked to my mom about money, like those conversations probably last like three minutes because it's just like very uncomfortable. I'm like, you don't need to know I'm the parent. I'm, I'm okay. And that just keeps the cycle going. And then we all just keep struggling and then you just keep passing it on. And so 
Um, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Uh, and so I guess as you, as your platform has been going, when, how long have you had it? Like, when did you start it? So I'm also a serial entrepreneur, as I would call it. So um, <laughs> I have a nonprofit as well um, called Inside Out Life Development. We focus on self-esteem development. Um, what a lot of people don't understand about self-esteem, they look at it as just how you feel about the way you look. Um, but self-esteem has a lot of factors to it. So how you feel about yourself means how you will succeed. So if you don't feel confident in all areas, you won't succeed. So one of the things we try to make sure that our participants, whether male, female, or you know kids, because we do a lot of things with children um, via mentorship, uh, we make sure that they are uh, confident in all areas, one being financial literacy. Um, and because, I don't know, I'll, I'll get a little bit into my story later, because I have a heart for financial literacy, because I want to see Black people succeed. I don't want us to be um, always such crabs in a bucket and, you know, being the poor mentality that we have. I want to make sure that that um, part is fulfilled. So I always try to, in whatever kind of program we're having, tie it to money in some way. Um, so beyond that, um, I have, you know, conversations with my friends on the side and they're always asking me questions about credit or about, you know, investing, which I'm still learning myself or about budgeting or savings. Um, and one of my friends, Chantel, hey Chantel, she was basically <laughs> like, you know, Sierra, you give all this education, you know, away for free, but you're just doing it to us. I think you need to open it up to a bigger platform because people need to know that what you're saying is true. Um, she said, you know, I can attest to it because I'm doing the things that you're telling me to do. And it's, you know, it's helping me, my, helping me with my credit and I'm saving more money. So you just need to let people know. And again, I can't tout about, you know, people not understanding how to use money if I'm not telling them because that would make me a hypocrite. So I wanted to start a platform um, where, again, young millennials that look like me could learn more about money and be comfortable while doing it. Not feeling like someone is telling them what to do, but letting them know, hey, I've been where you are. I am where you are. And these are the things that are helping me and working for me. Okay. Look at that. You are doing the Lord's work out here, man. We, we appreciate you. You know, I, I follow the page and you, you be posting daily. I'm like, she out here giving good knowledge out here. So I, I, I support it, man. Well, thank you, thank uh, you. It's, it's 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 good stuff, man. I'm 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 into my, like money management stuff too. Um, I think in my circles that I run in, like I usually like always bring stuff back to money. Like, why are you always focused on money, Alex? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so pivotal to what we do. And I work in education, so by no means do I make a lot of money. Um, but I feel like I live a quality life despite the lack of money that I make. And so, like, trying to help people realize like money isn't everything we do, and like just making sure you are like on top of it is like helpful as you go through life and I guess even your like mental health. Right, exactly. So, I want people to understand that things are attainable. Um they look you know, look at me, I'm a first generation college graduate, went on to get my master's. Now I'm not gonna lie, I have a bunch of student debt, but we are working on that. Um we're definitely taking that down a piece at a time. How do you eat the elephant? A piece at a time. But um, I want people to understand that these things are attainable. I know people have, you know, messaged me like, oh, you've already bought a house by 30. You've done this and you've done that. And you're a single woman. How can you do all of this stuff that you're talking about? It's attainable to everybody. I just had to change my mindset. Um, people don't understand that your mindset has a lot to do with your quality of life. If you feel like you 
you know, and believe that you are, you know, rich mentally, spiritually, physically first, you already are. It just hasn't hit your bank account yet. Or maybe those numbers on the scale haven't changed yet, but they will because you'll you'll want it, you'll live it, you'll breathe it, and then your life will change because you'll take more time to you know uh, worry about your finances or worry about your health. Um, it's all about changing your mindset, and that's the very first thing that um, I try to get people to see in my program. Okay, what a great segue to what the topic of this this episode is today: uh, money mindset. Right? I think. The way, the way I got here, at least, was, so if you think back to Carter II, Lil Wayne, uh, Money on My Mind. Do you remember that song? Do you, do you remember that? I listened to out. it like, I listened to it this week because <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was prepared. <laughs> okay, that came out while we were in high school, which is like almost scary to, to say out loud. I want to say the year. Um, but don't. like that's, say that again. Please don't. Okay, I won't, I won't do that. I won't, I won't date us. Uh, but I came out when I was in high school, so if people listen, look up to hear the song and then kind of do some uh, deductive logic, then they'll start to get a gauge of how old we are. But we're in our 30s, and we got to approach it. We got to, you know, it's all about mindset, right? So we got to embrace being Absolutely. 30. You're right. Right. <laughs> uh, and so part of, like, what I want to do in this episode is kind of get your thoughts on kind of, like, how money mindset, like, having a money mindset and how that, like, plays out into your adult life. because. Most people, you know, our age still don't talk about money and like, cause we don't know, but like we have, our generation was like the start of like having the most resources to, in our like arsenal, right? Like we have the internet, we have social media, there's all the different pages, all the different people that like look like us that could give us all the resources we need. And so like not knowing is not always like the best excuse anymore. And so I just want to like help people kind of get in that like lane and arena. And so that's why I'm bringing you on because you are all about money mindset. Um, so I guess to start the story, um, I want to like help, I guess, use your story of like your money mindset journey from like young age to like now and like how this kind of evolved to help people kind of realize like how their past has helped them through that. And so I guess let's start with Johnson County Public Schools, Sierra, uh, think Luke K through 12. Um, I guess if you think about that, that time of life, like what are some like moments that stick out in terms of like thinking about money, realizing like money is involved in things and like how that kind of affected your experience growing up. Yeah. So K through 12, 12 through masters is always the same. Um, it's a product of my environment. So in my household, we didn't necessarily talk about money. We didn't teach about money, but my parents argued about money a lot. So I actually had a fear of money um, because I didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable around it um, because I knew it would turn into an argument. Um, it was a, a very much a point of contention in the household. Um, my father is a very much a hard worker <laughs> um, and wants to make sure that everything is paid on time, um, you know, that everything is, you know, point A to point Z all the time. Um, and having a mother who necessarily wasn't as strong with money kind of you know made them butt heads a lot um and my dad argued a lot about it so I just wanted to make sure that nobody really talked about money or if it was brought up that it wasn't an argument that ensued so I really didn't think of money as a good thing I actually thought of it as a bad thing um as far as having 
a lot of it would make people argue or not having enough would make people argue if that would if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so I know I just wanted to make sure that I got a job where I didn't have to ask anybody for any money and that I could pay for my bills um, because I know that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, so during school, I really didn't even think about, you know, hey, Sierra, um, these all these student loans have interest. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not worried about all of that. I know I need to get as much education as I can to make sure that I'm getting the six-figure job so I don't have to ask my parents for anything or a man for anything because I didn't want to have to be in a relationship with someone who was going to try to dictate what I could do with my money or when I could spend it no I'm making my own money because you can't tell me anything about it (laughs) that was my mindset (laughs) um up until about 22 years old um once I I think it was my first year of grad school. Um, I was on Facebook and I don't even know how I stumbled upon the dream catchers group. Um, but it's Tiffany Aliche, who is a financial literacy coach, if you will. Um, Bajanista. Yes, the Bajanista. <laughs> I love her. Um, and I just got so like almost obsessed with everything that she was teaching um, and everything I was learning in the group. And I learned that one of the very first things was money is a tool. Money will do what you tell it to do. So I was like, okay, well, money is a tool and it'll do what I tell it to do. I don't necessarily have to try to control it, but I need to use it for my benefit. So instead of worrying about, oh, people are going to argue about money, if I can control it and make it do what I want it to do, I can also control the conversation around it, right? Mm-hmm. So I learned as much as I could from Tiffany Alache, um, especially about money mindset and changing, you know, your poverty mindset to being rich in your mind before your money even gets to your bank account. Um, learning how to control debt, learning how to control your credit, getting your credit score to a certain number. Um, all of those things made me feel like, you know, hey, I can do this. One day I can be rich. I can be wealthy more than rich. Um, and again, wealthy in all aspects. I don't want people to just think, oh, I got to have this amount of money in the bank to be wealthy. No, you can be wealthy because you have love and you have friendship. But we still want those zeros in the bank, too, because we need to make <laughs> sure that we're leaving something um, for our legacy, for our children, for generations to come. Because other cultures do it, so why can't we? That's how other cultures get ahead, because they're, are, they're not really worried about the now so much. Um, yes, they want to make sure that they are prospering, but they're worried about the generations that are coming. They want to make sure that they're leaving them something um, and not just dollars. They want to make sure they're leaving them assets, property, um, you know, stocks, bonds, all of those things, companies. They are laying down foundations to make, that, make sure that their generations to come are going to continue to be wealthy. Mm, you are. You are here preaching today. I, I... <laughs> It ain't Sunday. It feels like Sunday because it's a holiday, but you are here preaching preaching good stuff right now. Well, you know, I try. <laughs> uh, there's so many things that you were saying, and uh, I guess I want to, I guess, ask some follow-up questions. Um, so I guess as you're navigating, like, changing your, your money mindset, um, how has that kind of played a, played a part in, like, how you interact with your family? Like, do you start talking to them now, now that you have a platform? Or, like, what does that look like now that you kind of starting to have this knowledge you're going to give it to your family? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everybody, again, everybody comes to me when they have a question about money or credit. Um, Because when we were younger, we didn't talk about money. 
I didn't know that my mom, again, I thought she was like probably the worst person with money. She's really not. <laughs> she doesn't have that much debt. She didn't have that much credit. And she didn't really have credit at all. So now we need to build her credit because, you know, no credit is just as bad as having bad credit in some circumstances. So we're sitting together and we're making a plan to make sure that come July, when she turns 55, she's going to purchase her dream car. But to purchase her dream car, she needs a certain credit score. So we're um, putting action in place to make sure that, hey, this is the credit credit score she wants. Well, you have to make sure that you're doing A, B, and C. A being changing that money mindset. You are not what people made you, you know, feel like. You know, my father may have made her feel a certain way about how she handled money. But you're not that anymore. Yes, you may have made mistakes in the past, but that doesn't dictate your future or your now. You can do better. I don't ever want people to feel like they've done so much with their money in the past that they can't rebound. There's always a way to rebound as long as you have breath in your body. That's just same true. Thing, yeah. Same thing with my sister. I'm not an only child, but I only have one sister. We're very, very close. So we feel like we can talk to each other about those situations, even when we only have like a dollar to our name. Um, you know, I I want to put things in place for her, even though she's my older sister. I want to make sure that she's okay financially as well. So we talk about our finances. We have a plan out for her student loans. I hooked her up with someone to make sure she gets those student loans refinanced, um, make sure she's on an IVR, make sure she's paying them so they're not going into default. We're, you know, um, flashing things off of her credit report um, because you can fix your own credit. <laughs> I try not to say that too loud because the credit repair specialists come for me <laughs> my throat every time I say that. But I do try to teach people that you can do all of this yourself. It just takes dedication and patience. Um, and that's what I'm doing with my family. So, yes, we're definitely opening up now and having those conversations. Um, it's a little bit harder for other family members because, again, we don't like people to tell us what to do. So, and you that's cannot true. force anybody to do anything they don't want to do. So all you can do is um, give it to the people that are receptive to it and anybody else that they that aren't you just hope that they hear something and it goes in and they're retaining it very very true uh, that's, that's very awesome that you're doing that with your family because i think uh, many people they just kind of focus on themselves but not also like people that are in their lives to help them improve too so kudos to you for doing that um as you navigate it i guess um you're, so you're, you started to change your money mindset and then like those initial conversations with your family about like money like I guess, like, how did you overcome, like, the fear of kind of, like, what has happened in the past and kind of provide them information to help them, like, get uncomfortable and get better with money? It was just a combination of things, um, God being one of them, because, <laughs> again, um, back to self-esteem and how we handle a lot of different things. Um, when you have fear and you have anger, um, you have to let go of it. So I had to pray that away. I know that sounds so cliche, but I really did. I had to pray and be intentional um, about not being fearful or not being angry about, you know, money or money conversations that came up. I can't be angry when my father may, you know, um, flip out one day and be like, you know, I did all of this for you, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get angry about that, but I'm going to let them know, hey, I have boundaries. And at this point in time, you're not taking care of me financially. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have to answer to you about what I do with my money because that's my money. And I go to work just like you do every day to make said money. And how I want to handle my money in my household is how I want to handle it. That's that's true. You know, I got to. 
you know, show that you're an adult now, you know, they gave you the skills to think critically. Yeah. And so now this is the byproduct of that, man. Now I'm smart yeah. and get this degree. And so now you have to kind of be okay with who I've become because that's what you pushed me to become. Absolutely. Um, I respect, I, I think everybody should respect their parents, of course. Oh, but yeah, you also, sure. with mental health, you have to know that there's a boundary for everyone. Um, parents, grandparents, spouses, children, <laughs> everybody cannot, no one can cross a boundary that you don't want them to cross. So you just have to, you know, put that boundary out there, let them know, hey, no disrespect, but this is what I need for you to do for you to be in my life. Um, if those boundaries are crossed, you have to make the decision on, you know, what the next step is, whether that is, I don't want to say over money, because I don't think people should fall out over money. But let's take it a step further. If it's some type of verbal abuse or physical abuse, you have to make the step or take the step to eliminate those people out of your life if that's what needs to happen. Mm, that's good. That's good. Uh, and so I guess like as you go through like the elimination process, so like part of that is like you've, you've become a new person with money. And so like, how did you navigate like people kind of approaching the new version of you as if you're still the old version? And like, how did you navigate kind of like that tension and like frustration through that? Yeah, I um keep my circle kind of small. So <laughs> okay. I I didn't have to deal with too many attitudes. You know, I was really upfront with a lot of people about, hey, this is the journey um, I want to be on. Um, it wasn't really a big deal to my family. You know, they're always proud of me. Um, they support me. They push me. My friends are the same way. The only issue I might have had with my friends is they want to go do something extravagant and I can't because I'm on a budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't afford right. to live that way. Y'all are still, you know, living how you want to live right now. And that's fine. It's a prerogative. Again, everybody has um, their life to live. And I'm not here to say you can't live it that way. But I can't. So, you know, you just have to adjust with um, everyone you're around, letting them know up front, hey, this is the life I'm trying to live now. Um, Whether that's a, you know, new journey of debt freedom or, you know, you don't want to max out your credit credit cards anymore because we're going to go shop at the mall can't do that anymore because I'm trying to live a certain lifestyle. So you just have to tell the people you're around. And again, just like anything else, if they are the right people that are supposed to be in your life, they will understand. If not, they'll drop like flies. And those are not who you want. That's not who you want around you anyway. That's true. That's true. Did you have to drop anybody like those high or they all kind of was cool with what you had going on? I dropped the ex, but that's about it. But he needed to be gone <laughs> anyway. So. Okay. Okay. Exes hold you down using all your money, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fellas do better out here. You know, can't be taking our women's money out here. <laughs> exactly. Come with something. Come with something. Uh, okay. Uh, so I guess I have a few questions to kind of, I guess, give people that are listening uh, some, like some advice from you about how to kind of like improve their money mindset and just kind of move forward as through this. And so, um, that's just kind of where we're going. And so first question I got for you is, um, what suggestions do you have for people to like, for steps to practically work to improve their money mindset? So like what resources do you have or what, what, what do you got to suggest for them to do to help them start that process? I'm so sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> oh no, you're good. <laughs> um, number one, you want to make sure you're following me at the underscore beauty of wealth on IG. Um, I talk about daily um, things and te- techniques and tips you can do to actually change your money mindset. Um, but again, um, I don't want to sound redundant, but you just have to make up in your mind that, hey, 
this is not what I want for myself. I want better. Um, you have to change your mindset by first acknowledging those negative um, concepts you have around money. So if you think I'll never have money because my mom never had money. Okay, well, that's true if that's what you believe. But if you don't want to believe that, you have to acknowledge the negative things you say about yourself pertaining to money first. And then you have to, you know, flip the script a little bit. Um, so I like affirmations. Every every morning I will um, write on my page a money affirmation. So you want to say things to yourself like, I am a money magnet. Um, you know, making money comes easy to me. Um, but you also want to do practical things as well. It's not enough to just say it. You have to make sure that you're aligning yourself to receive that. So you have to look at your finances and say, hey, where have I messed up before and where can I make changes? And then educate yourself um, to actually um, do better. So if you know you're not the greatest um, saver, okay, so what do I need to do other than follow me at the underscore beauty of wealth to make a difference <laughs> in saving? Um, maybe that means that you need to cut out some of your subscriptions. If you're subscribing to Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, you're, you're subscribing to Foxy Charm and um, Scentbird and all those other um, subscriptions. Maybe you need to cut some of that out because it's probably cutting into your overhead. Or, you know, maybe you have a little, you know, alcohol problem. We like to, you know, do top shelf alcohol. Not saying you can't <laughs> drink, but maybe you should scale it back and budget that into um, what you're making now. You know, people just have to look at things differently um, and figure out ways that they can change their money mindset, change how they're saving, change how they're budgeting. Um, and again, it's not a fast change. It's not like you're going to wake up one day and just say, oh, I'm good. I still have problems. I have an Amazon problem. I tell everybody that. Um, but sometimes <laughs> I have to put myself on strict no spend weeks. Um, I'm on a no spend week this week. I cannot spend any money if it's not, you know, a necessity, a bill. Um, so if it's not one of my four walls, food, utilities, housing, or transportation, I'm not spending on it. Unless, you know, of course, some emergencies happen. But I don't spend on anything frivolous. So you just have to do small things to kind of challenge yourself to change that mindset. Okay. That, that's amazing, man. I, I really agree with you because there's a point where, like, I just had to realize, like, man, like, yo, you make too much money to not be doing more with it than just going out to eat, going to the movies, going partying, and doing X, Y, Z. Like, you man, know, what listen. can you do to, yeah. Listen, <laughs> when everybody else around you tells you, like, tells you what they make, and you're making twenty to $30,000 more than them a year, and you have nothing to show for it, mm. that's probably a problem. Yeah, probably a sign. No. But that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's a journey one day at a time. And, you know, everybody starts at different points. And as long as you realize it, that's half the battle. And then taking the steps to go from that is probably what's Absolutely. most important. And it's about the people that are around you. You need people that are going to be straight up with you as well, though. So you can't be one of those people that if I call you out on your stuff, especially if you're telling me that this is the journey you want to walk. And if I keep you accountable, you can't be mad at me because I'm telling you the truth. That is a problem. If you're saying that you need to save more money because you're saving for, you know, a new a new child or you want to move across country or, you know, a house, you can't be mad at your accountability partner. Everyone needs one, um, especially when you're starting, you know, your financial journey, debt freedom, um, savings, budgeting. 
but you can't be mad at that person if they call you out. Very true. You got, got to be ready for that smoke, man. Most people aren't ready for that though. So, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Uh, so you already starting to jump in my questions. You, you're doing too good of a job, guest. You're doing oh, too I good apologize. of a job. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so I guess like, so you've already kind of started about this, like with the accountability partners, but like what other ways you, um, would you suggest people to kind of like work on setting goals, but also holding themselves accountable or finding people to hold them accountable? Like how, how would you give them advice towards making that happen? Okay, so what I tell my mentees, we just had the goal conversation about three weeks ago, I believe. You want to set smart goals. Um, you want to make sure they're specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Um, so you don't want to just be like, oh, I want to save a million dollars in two weeks. Come on now. <laughs> that doesn't even seem right. But you want to make sure that your goals are one. You want to make sure they're a reach, but it's got to be an attainable reach. Um, for someone that has never set a goal, um, if I was their accountability partner, I would sit down with them, ask them, you know, what is it that you want to make a goal about? So if you say, hey, I want to buy a house. Okay, why do you want to buy a house? If they can explain to me why they want to buy a house, okay, so what's your time frame? Um, so it's in, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's important to really sit down and write out an outline of everything about that goal. Um, that you want so when you want it how you want to get it where you want it um, all of those things before you can really sit down and say okay this is my action steps that I'm going to do because once you have an outline you can kind of write a plan out and once you have a plan you can take those actions every day it's an everyday thing it's a little bit at a time I always go back to um, again how you eat an elephant you eat an elephant a piece at a time with goals, it's the same thing. You can't just jump in there and, you know, say, oh, I'm going to have this done in a week. And expect, if it's not a short-term a short term goal, you can't expect that to happen. Um, but if it's something big and outrageous and it even scares you a little bit, because that can happen with money, too. Again, we're mm -hmm. all fearful. We always say we want this big amount of money. It's not that the big amount of money is unattainable, but it scares us a little bit. And once, you know, a week or two goes by and nothing seems to be moving, we kind of retract back. And we get scared and we'll scale it down. I'm, I am definitely um, guilty of that. I scale my goals down. I used to scale my goals down a lot because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that. But once I got an accountability partner that was like, yes, you are. Once I started writing my goals down and putting them in front of, my, uh, front of me all the time, um, I'm very big on vision boards, but a vision board with a planned out list as well. Um, I tell people, you know, just putting those pictures on the wall is not doing anything for you. But allowing yourself <laughs> to see it all the time and putting it in your, you know, your mental all the time, every day. Hey, I'm going to buy a house this year. I'm going to buy a house this year. Okay. Well, how are you planning on buying this house? Okay. Well, I know if I don't, if I'm not, um, if I'm not able to get no money down payments, um, I'm going to have to um, save 3.5% or more. Some, um, you know, sometimes it's 20%, but hopefully you won't have to actually save that much. But how am I going to save this 3.5%? Oh, does that mean I need a side hustle? Does that, does that mean I need to sell things? Does that mean I need to pick up a second job? Okay, you're going to pick up a second job. How is that going to make your life look? Are you a mother? Are you a father? Um, how are you going to schedule this around your other things that you have um, and you're responsible for already? You want to make sure that, again, your goals are attainable, but you're writing down actions that you can take. 
Um, so that's how people can, you know, set goals. Um, don't just be so vague with your goal. Make sure you're actually specific and you're writing down your actions. Um, I think I kind of went all the way around to answer that question, but no, it's, um, all good. It's, it's very about being specific and, you know, writing your action steps down. Yeah, you're, you're, you're giving good stuff, so no, no, no need to apologize there. Um, I, I really like what you're saying about accountability partners and kind of having somebody to, to hold you accountable. Uh, my girlfriend has become that person for me. It's kind of just, we just talk through our goals and, uh, you know, we start looking at like our debts, fully at our debts. And then like also what we have and like moving forward because we're exploring the like option of marriage. And so like, that's something that's really, you know, very important to make sure you have people that can be that for you. Uh, and yeah, so I guess what, what advice would you give somebody to like, um, help them find an accountability partner. Cause like sometimes, you know, there's people that are close friends to you, but you don't trust them with, mm-hmm. you know, a cup of water. And so like, I guess, how do you, <laughs> what, what advice do you give people to figure out like somebody a worthwhile accountability partner? Okay. Yeah. The first thing, of course, you do want to look in your inner circle and see if you have anybody there that you trust um, enough to um, one, be vulnerable. Cause sometimes sharing your goals makes you vulnerable because 100%. <laughs> yes, it's, it's things that, are really big and really scary um, that you're telling people and you don't want anybody to laugh in your face and tell you, hey, you can't do that. Um, So look into, you know, your inner circle. And then if you can't find anybody in your inner circle, um, it's a lot of support groups um, out there for, you know, whatever your niche is. Um, There's so many things that people want to do. I don't know whether you want to open a school or you want to be a ballet dancer. I don't know what it is, but... (laughs) There are groups out there and, you know, you can find some people. You just have to open your mouth and ask for what you want. Closed mouths don't get fed. Um, so it's really about just having those conversations with people um, and, you know, finding someone that you trust enough to, one, again, tell you the truth. So tell me, keep me accountable. Don't just let me, you know, walk myself through the fire and not do what I say I want to do and you not help me. Um, but, two, you want to make sure that, that person is also your motivator as well. Um, you don't want nobody that's going to tell you when you're doing wrong. You want somebody to tell you when you're doing right too, because we are human. Um, we we pride ourselves and we strive for um, accomplishment. So we like to hear it when we're doing well as well. So you need someone who is going to um, pump you up. So. Okay. That's, that's great advice. You know, uh, finding circles. Um, I used to join a few Facebook groups about like around money management and kind of like, the questions people ask is like, oh my God, that's a great question. I would have never asked that. And so just kind of being in those circles exposes you to different walks of life and kind of different perspectives around questions that you probably had. You just didn't know to ask. Yeah. When I first started again, like my family wasn't doing this. So the whole dream catchers group was my accountability partner. (laughs) And that's like, at the time it's over a million now, but at the time it was smaller so it was around 20 to 40,000 people but we were all each other's accountability partner you can easily ask the question and someone go in and say you know answer hey maybe you should try it this way or you know hey you got it girl you could do this you, you know you got this so that helped a lot you know and people keeping you accountable for everything um, that you say you are going to do what you you know do um, so all the challenges help all the you know goal setting help you just have to find your circle your people Yes. You got to have your people, man. You don't, don't go on this journey alone. It's not, you know, it's not the best way to do it. We have more people going along with you. It makes it a little easier and more palatable Absolutely. as you navigate the, the difficult parts of this. Cause it's going to get hard sometimes, but also there'll be lots of good wins. Also, once you hit your goals. 
Um, okay. So final question I have for you is, is there any like final piece of advice that you have for people as they work to embrace on their money mindset journey and just kind of help them any advice you want to give to help them uh, be great with their money? Um, I think this is just a general life advice. Um, just start <laughs> because again, people feel like they dug themselves in such a big hole that they can't start getting out to start. Um, whether that be, you know, debt reduction or getting your credit right, fixing your credit, um, getting credit because some people don't even have it. Um, savings, you want to save your emergency fund, just start. Um, you know, getting a good book. Um, like you said, we have the internet, so you can Google anything now. Just make sure it's from a reliable source. Yes. Um, just start. <laughs> um, I know that sounds cliche, but just start. You'll never get no, anywhere, no. anywhere unless you start. That That's powerful advice, man. I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle for most people is starting because uh, it's just such a scary journey to like get out your comfort zone and do all these things yeah. that you know will help you, but also it's going to make you very vulnerable and have to like face some truths that you've been like running away from. And so, um, Absolutely. so that's, that's great advice. Um, yeah, just the best believe advice. in yourself. Just believe yes. in yourself. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's definitely not going to happen if you don't believe you can do it. It's very true. If you don't start, it'll never get started and you'll just keep going on the same old cycle. Exactly. Um, well, thank you for, thank you for, uh, providing your great insight and knowledge. Um, it's been a very great episode. You start, you set the bar real high for future guests. Um, I hope so. To, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you did great. This is better than even I could have imagined. So, uh, I'm very thankful for what you, uh, brought to the show today. Where can people find you if they want to keep following you and kind of get more information from you and anywhere on social media? Yeah, awesome. Um, so we are on IG at the underscore beauty of wealth. Again, that's the underscore beauty of wealth. We're also on Facebook at the same name. Um, and I also on my personal page, I am underscore CRT. I also give um, uplifting and motivating um, lessons about all things, not just money. So you can follow me there. Okay, beautiful. Well, Everybody, there you, there it is. Uh, Miss Sierra, Miss Sierra T. If you want to follow her, feel free to have it on there. I'll put all that in the show notes, uh, and then you know we'll go from there. All right, peace out, everybody.